Hey everybody, welcome back to Crime Connect Case Discussions. Today we are going over the ongoing investigation into missing four-year-old Malia Davis. This case is out of Houston. It is, a, I mean, it's everywhere. If you haven't heard of it, you're going to hear a lot now. I think we have every single piece of information that is publicly available, and we're going to try and go over it all today. Unfortunately, you only have me. I tried to get some guest hosts on today, but they were sick or they just kind of went MIA. So um, you're stuck with me, Crystal. Hey. First, before we get into the case, I want to thank everybody for being so patient. We've been on a little break because I had to move. And then like a week and a half later, I had to have surgery. So it's just kind of been very hectic in my life. We are kind of getting back to normal now. Um, I do have an office now, but it is not set up. So I'm still in the dining room, but at least this time I'm not sitting on the floor. So it's a tad more comfortable. Um, I hope we can really do more of these weekly. I love our weekend breakdowns um, and more specific case episodes. Let's dive into this. We all woke up May 5th to this story out of Houston, Texas of a missing four-year-old. She had reportedly been kidnapped, um, but she was not kidnapped alone. She was supposedly kidnapped with her stepfather and her baby brother, but only Malaya was missing by the time we heard this story. So we're going to dive into the timeline that her stepfather gave police and what they ultimately told us. On May 3rd, Friday at 9 p.m., Malia's stepfather, Darian, was on his way with the two children to pick up his girlfriend, who is Malia's mother, Brittany. She was flying back home from her father's funeral, I believe in Massachusetts, um, and they were just all going to go pick her up normal evening. Darian says he heard a popping sound in his tires and thought he may have blown a tire. So he pulled over to the side of the road. When he did that, a blue pickup truck pulled up behind him and three men got out of the car. One of those three men said something to another one about Malaya something like she looks sweet um she looks nice you can take from those comments what you will the next thing he knew Darian said he was hit in the head by one of the men and he blacked out he woke up sometime that evening in the back of a pickup truck with both Malaya and his younger son um I believe the son is like a year year and a half old, something like that. He's in and out of consciousness, so he doesn't really understand or know where he is. The next day, May 4th, around 6 p.m., Darian says he wakes up on the side of the road with his son along Highway 6 in Sugarland. Now, Sugarland does happen to be where he lives. Um, they had pulled over initially up in Houston going to the airport, but now he's back coincidentally in Sugarland. 
Um, he doesn't have Malia with him. He grabs his son and they try and flag down somebody to help him. And he says nobody was helping him. So he decided to walk to the hospital. He got to the hospital sometime around 11. He was treated for minor injuries, um, a minor head wound on the forehead and some scratches. The baby boy was fine. And he reports Malaya missing. Now he says the men who abducted her were three Hispanic men. He doesn't really have a description of them. Um, we know the pickup truck is blue and he gave a, I, I think he picked out some rims and the style of truck for the police at the hospital so that they could get uh, that information out there. Brittany had ended up being picked up by her mother, Brenda, because her boyfriend and her kids did not show up. However, I don't believe they reported them missing at that time. It wasn't until Saturday when they supposedly contacted the police, but Brittany says the police didn't take them seriously because Darian is the father of one of the children. And she was putting, um, I, I can't remember if it's her because she shut down her Facebook or her friend for her was putting stuff on Facebook about the kids being missing. On May 5th, we all wake up to this news. Um, it's kind of a crazy story to take in. At 8 a.m., it hit all the local news and it went national very quickly. Um, at 10 a.m., they issued an Amber Alert. And by 3 p.m., we had our first press conference. The press conference gave us some information basically the timeline that I just read out to you. They also let us know that they had seen the car that Darian had been driving because that car is missing as well. They had seen that car on surveillance around 3 p.m. in Sugarland on Saturday. This is during the time where Darian would have been blacked out and they only have a picture um, they don't have video of it. They can't tell who's driving it. They just know it was seen in the Sugarland area on Saturday. This is pretty much all we got from police. Um, it's now May 9th, and we did have some updates today that I'll get into later. But this is all we've had to go on other than what now the news has been able to kind of um, – get out through their investigative means. Um, we have some problems with stepdad's story. I know some people are asking, are they married? They're not married officially, but he's been called the stepdad. So we're just going to leave it at that. Um, but they are not officially married and that is confirmed. These are the questions I have with this story. One, when you hear that a child is kidnapped in this way, um, unfortunately, when a step-parent is involved, you kind of have that, here we go again. What happened to this child? Because the story can't be true. It's just too contrived. A friend of mine used that word. That explains it perfectly. This is not how kidnappings here in the United States happen. 
Um, when they do happen by force like this, they usually do not happen with a male father figure present. It's usually with a mother. And that is still very, very, very rare. It's just not how it goes here. Kidnappings happen. It's just not usually like this. Um, we have to wonder why take all three people if you only wanted the one girl. Why not? You've already knocked out the stepfather. He's incapacitated. He can't harm you. He can't identify you. Why take him? The only reason to take him is if you're scared he can identify you and you want to dispose of him. But they didn't do that. They dropped him off near his home. So why did that happen? It just makes zero sense. Um, to be blacked out for 24 hours. And I know Brittany on her Facebook kind of got upset at this, saying he wasn't totally blacked out. He was in and out of consciousness. To be in and out of consciousness for 24 hours just from being hit in the forehead one time, it doesn't seem that logical to me. I'm not saying, like, of course you could have a concussion, but it seems very convenient. 24 hours is a long time to be either blacked out or in and out. We have in our group, we have a um, picture of his head wounds. We also have picture of the scratches on his arms from this incident. And I, I can tell you this, looking at the pictures, it doesn't seem like it adds up. To have all of these scratches, you need a reason. You were in the back of a pickup truck. You weren't fighting back. You were not stabbed, so you're not defending yourself against a knife. So why are all of these single scratches everywhere? To me and to our admin team, it looks like either they're self-inflicted or that they come from, you know, if you're walking through the woods and you've got brambles, uh, bushes. So was he disposing of a body in a bushy area and then he walked out with all of these scratches? Possibly. It just, when you have wounds on your body, they're there for a reason. And these scratches have no place in this story. The police also let us know that there was no verification that he had been walking for four hours to the hospital after he woke up on the side of the road. Not one motorist has said they saw him. And this is a busy area. This isn't, you know, some rural in the middle of nowhere place. There were cars every single second that he was out there, supposedly, and nobody saw him. So far, um, I want to try and remember how they phrased it. Regarding surveillance cameras, if any caught him walking, they said they were unable to find any yet. Not that they were unable to find any surveillance cameras, just that they were unable to find any that caught him walking. So this obviously makes us question his story. <laughs> Everything about it makes us question his story from the beginning. We have to look at then who is Malia and why would something have happened to her? 
Malia, originally reported as five, is now being reported as being four years old. She has a mother, Brittany. Her father is, his name is Craig. They are not together. And then stepdad, Darian. From what I understand, Brittany and Darian, at least up until last summer, lived with her mother. This is when a lot of problems started happening because last summer, Malia became very ill and it started in July. July 10th, Malia supposedly had the stomach flu. According to Brittany, she went from zero to a thousand in a matter of minutes. She lost a ton of weight in one day. And nobody else in the house was sick. What she doesn't say and what is in the court documents is that she was throwing up blood. And she was unsure whether to take her to the hospital. According to court documents, she called her mother, Brenda. And Brenda's the one who said, no, you need to take her to the hospital now. I mean, this baby is throwing up blood. That is not something you ignore. At some point, according to Brittany, Malia during this time was very disorientated and she said her hip had slipped. Now, I don't know if this is documented in the court documents because I have not seen them. I just know that one of the local news reported on some of this. They said they have 300 pages. Um, I'm going to try and reach out to a reporter to see if it mentions this slipped hip incidents because I think it's also important. I think what she's referring to is something called slipped capital femoral epiphysis, which I'm probably saying wrong. This is a pretty common condition in preteens who are growing um, and it develops over time. However, it can come on suddenly in kids who experience a fall or trauma, and it does require surgery. So I would be really interested interested to see if July 10th she needed surgery, who told her her hip had slipped, and what was the treatment for that. So we have the first basically life-threatening incident because she is throwing up blood. This is not okay. On July 28th, Malia ends up back in the hospital. She has a gash on her forehead that has lost a lot of blood. And according to Brittany, she went into shock. Brittany's explanation for this is that she was eating unsupervised and slipped and fell and hit her head on a marble table. The court documents say specifically that the doctors disagreed that this type of fall could cause this type of injury. That got stitched up and five days later, she's back in the hospital with seizures. Now, Brittany is saying that when she went to the hospital for the head injury, they did not do any CAT scans. Um... I don't have the documents from CPS, but they would have that information. Um, I hope some of this gets published so we can have a better idea of 
if she's kind of telling the truth or if she's leaving stuff out. We have pictures in our group of Malia after this seizure incident and her face being all swollen, busted up. It's very, it's very hard to look at a little four-year-old girl having these types of injuries. They determined that she needs to have brain surgery and they removed part of her skull to either, I don't know the original reason, whether it was to remove pressure or because she had a skull fracture or what, but what they end up doing is leaving a piece loose. It's called a flap because they need them to grow at the same time. So she's had repeated surgeries to kind of adjust that. And she's supposed to wear a helmet for at least two years. Now we know after these three visits that CPS was called on August 3rd. I, I don't know who made the call, but we could assume that the doctors at the hospital have seen this little girl now three times in several weeks with major issues. What is going on? CPS ended up removing both Malia and her older brother, who is her full biological brother. Um, and during this time that they investigate, they actually come out and say that both mom and bio dad Craig had engaged in a history and pattern of child abuse and child neglect. Eventually, what the report goes on to say is that they could not prove the abuse, but that it was definite neglect, and they have a case plan. They could not determine how Malia got these injuries, so I think that played a role in how they couldn't prove the abuse. Um, they issue a case plan, which is usually 12 months, they're supposed to go to parenting classes. We know from the court documents that neither have completed these parenting classes. Even though they have not completed these parenting classes, a judge in February returned both kids to their parents. Now, they put some restrictions on this, but some may say that it was not enough. The restrictions were just that CPS would visit them once a month to discuss ongoing issues and that CPS maintains custody of the children. They actually had a hearing coming up May 22nd regarding the custody, um, whether it was going to stay with CPS or whether the parents were going to get full custody again. We also have 300 pages that we're not seeing. So I know somebody had asked why did the parents abused Malaya and not the boys. I I can't say for certain that they didn't. We just don't know because that little boy is not involved in this case. He is not missing. So right now, I think if he is involved in that abuse, they're probably keeping it secret or private for his own privacy. He is older than Malia, so we have to respect his privacy. We don't know if he was physically abused or if he had injuries as well. But we do know that they were returned to their parents. Now, earlier today, um, a citizen outside of a small strip mall found the silver Nissan that was missing, just parked nonchalantly in a parking lot. 
and called that into the tip line. Police went out and processed the vehicle, did not find any signs of foul play, no blood. They said it was pretty clean, some clothes and papers in it. Um, and they are now towing it away to be fully processed. I assume they're going to test for um, fluids, fingerprints, whose fingerprints were in the car, whose fingerprints are not in the car, are there strange fingerprints in the car. Um, they'll probably check for decomposing fluid like they did in um, the Casey Anthony case. Uh, anything else that they could they can think of. Um, after they found the car, they did a very brief update for the media and they did confirm a rumor that we had heard yesterday, which is that Darian is MIA. Nobody knows where Darian is. The police said they're not concerned, but that they would like to talk to him. And we learned that they have not spoken to Darian since the hospital. They tried to get him in to do sketches of the Hispanic men that supposedly kidnapped him and his children, and he did not want to come in and do that, and they haven't been able to find him. Now, I know people are confused because the this seems very serious, and the police say they're not concerned, and how can you be not concerned when this guy is missing? Is he on the run? I'm going to guess that the police know exactly where he is. They're not going to go out there and put out that he's wanted and scare him off if they don't have to. They may be trailing him to see if he goes back to a location. Um, I would not be surprised, let's just say, if they know exactly where he is every minute of the day until they actually put out Darian Vence is wanted and they literally cannot find him. I won't be too worried about it. We've seen this in a few cases, so it's not something that is surprising to me. Um, shortly after that happened, came over the news that yesterday there was an, an emergency hearing and the court has ordered that both Brittany and Darian are not to be allowed any contact with their children. So we now know that the younger brother is with his paternal grandmother. The older brother is with his paternal aunt. And if Mia Amelia is found alive, she's to go to the paternal aunt as well. Now, I believe it was KHOU reported um, about this court order, and it said that this was due to motions filed by CPS and Brenda Bowen, who's Brittany's mother. To me, it wasn't very specific. Did Brenda originally do the reports in August, or did Brenda file this emergency report. I don't know. To me, it makes more sense that Brenda originally called in um, August or originally filed in August at least to keep the kids in the family. And CPS did this emergency hearing now to get the kids again away from Brittany and now Darian. But I don't have any confirmation. It could be that Brenda did this motion 
to keep the kids. I, I don't really know. I don't know what her um, motivation for that would be unless she knows that Brittany may be a danger to the younger baby, the older son. I don't, I don't know. She didn't seem like she was that concerned. The other day she did a little um, media spot with her daughter. And I mean, the Brenda seems very level-headed. I don't know too much about Brittany. We'll, we'll go into that. Um, we were going to, if I had a guest host on tonight, we were going to do some theories. You know, my theories are the same as your theories. I think we all feel that Darian had something to do with this. Um, and I think some people feel like Brittany might have something to do with this as well. We know that the grandmother saw Malia on Monday before she went missing. And the daycare last saw Malia on the Friday before she went missing. And Brittany left for her father's funeral on Tuesday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and sometime Tuesday, Malia would have been with Brittany. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Malia would have been with Darian. We do know that a aunt asked to see Malia on Thursday. And Darian told the aunt that she was sick and she couldn't see her. I'm not sure how exactly this was it a custody exchange or was she just dropping by? Um, we know the older boy went to the father on Thursday. So did just the boy go and the aunt was like, Hey, wait a minute. Why isn't Malia there too? Um, and I don't know what this aunt feels about this. I don't think we've heard from her, but I think it's, it's very telling. And I think, Whatever happened to Malia could have happened at any point during this week. And with this custody hearing coming up on May 22nd, it really makes me think, did something happen to Malia before Brittany even left? And this was kind of, you know, their cover, knowing that this custody hearing was coming up or knowing that they're just going to get in a lot of trouble or did something happen just with, Darian, I really think it could go either way. I want to say, I want to be like noble and, and say Brittany is off limits. Like we always do in Crime Connect, unless somebody has been named by police. If they, you know, if we feel like they're just kind of a victim in all this too, we don't go after them. But Brittany does have this CPS history and 300 pages is not nothing. You know, there's more in those 300 pages. So I'm hesitant to rule her out completely. We did get some questions from you guys. And some people wanted to know whether anybody involved has a criminal background. And according to KHOU, nobody has a criminal background, not mom, not the stepdad, not the father. Um, the living arrangements I'm still not very clear. I kind of want to say they were still living with Brenda because Brenda didn't get custody of the kids. And the only reason I feel like she wouldn't have, unless she just didn't want to, is because Brittany lived with her. And if Brittany lived with her, CPS wasn't going to give her 
um, you know, temporary custody of the children. But who knows? Some people are asking why didn't relatives watch Malaya instead of Darian? And the, the best answer there is because there was nothing stopping him from watching her. They had the right to have them in their care. And when Brittany left town, there's nothing stopping Darian from having this child through the week until her dad got her. Like I said, the judge gave the children back to the parents in February. And there was no... Um, restrictions on that really i know i want to say khou earlier today was very confused thinking they only had supervised visits and that's not the case cps just retained temporary custody of the children but they still lived since february back with their parents um somebody asked oh yeah we answered this why did they only abuse the little girl we just don't know we don't know at all what happened. We really need to get our hands on those 300 pages. And I don't know if the news will ever publish it, but that would give us so much insight into what is going on. I know a lot of people are asking if the older kid has talked yet. We don't know. If he has, the police have not said anything publicly. The police are being very tight-lipped, which is their prerogative. I assume that he has. He's with family. He's not under the control of Brittany or Craig, or I'm sorry, Brittany or um, Darian, so they can't stop him from being talked to. I know somebody wanted to know if they, if it was confirmed that she went out of town. It's confirmed as far as we can confirm it. We did find an obituary for her father. Her father died in early April. And it took a while to get the funeral. It looked like they could not afford to do what they wanted. And so it took some time to put everything together. Um, there is a picture from her sister. And her sister did say that she was with her at the funeral. So that's as far as we can confirm it. Like I said, the police are being very tight-lipped about this case. So I think that's all we have on the Malia case right now. This is ongoing. If this is your first time hearing the case and you want to be updated, we have several ways you could do that. So you could follow our Crime Connect page and that will give you updates on not just Malia's case, but all the cases we follow and random stories throughout the day. You can join Crime Connect The Vault. That is our main group and that's where we discuss in depth more cases um, and cases that we don't have specific groups for. Or you could jo join our spotlight group, which is Malaya Davis, Disappearance and Case Discussion by Crime Connect. All of our groups are labeled by Crime Connect, so you know exactly who we are and which ones we run. The reason we like to kind of pride ourselves on this is because we don't allow the drama. We try to narrow down what is rumor, what is fact, and make sure everybody posting knows exactly what is what. If you're posting a rumor, we're going to comment under you saying, hey, just FYI, this is a rumor and should be taken as such. Um, like yesterday, we heard the rumor that stepfather was on the run, and we said we're going to keep an eye out. 
as soon as it was confirmed today, we made a post saying it was confirmed. Us admins keep track of where information comes from, so we know exactly where to refer back to. If it's from just a random Facebook post, then we will have a, a record of that. And we'll be able to say, well, you know, this person said that, and that person said this, and this might be their motive. We try to keep it all in perspective for you. We also have a ton of stuff in our Spotlight group that you can, um, that will help you follow along with the case easy. If you go to our files, you'll find a timeline of events. You'll find um, links to all the local news channels. You'll find an index of people involved in this case and their social media. You'll also find um, transcripts of press conferences. And um, tomorrow I'll probably have a timeline of the abuse that I laid out in this episode. So we hope you follow us. Um, And before I go, I just want to give a shout out to Houston police because let me tell you, they're in it right now. They've got this huge case that is getting national attention. Um, but they also are having this very severe weather. And let me tell you guys, as we speak, there's flooding. They've had to be, they've had to do water rescues. They've had to deal with this major hail, winds, crazy weather for several days now. I, I want to say this is like day three. So if the police don't have time to update us on this case, when they really don't have, you know, to update us at all, let's not be too mad. They have a lot on their plate right now, and we have to give them the space to do that. Um, We also want to give a huge shout out to Equisearch. Um, Tim Miller and his group are helping the searches for Malaya. They've searched where Darian said they were kidnapped from, and they've also searched near the apartments where they lived. They've had to call off the searches twice now because of the weather, but they're not giving up. They're still going to be out there. Um, As long as Houston gives them the go-ahead to do so, they will be there. Like always, Tim is great. And everybody else following along, thank you for listening. I'm sorry this was a little disjointed and you only had me to listen to. Um... But I wanted to get this out as soon as possible. If you have any questions, um, you could find me at Crime Connect. um, And just feel free to message the page or ask in the group. Wherever this podcast is posted, you can ask questions. And we'll see you later. If you enjoyed this please join our Crime Connect Facebook page. From there, you could join our main group, The Vault. And we have so many different case-specific groups. They're all listed on the Crime Connect page. I would love for you to join us and follow us. See you there.